Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode 22, the season finale of The Vampire Diaries. I'm thinking of you all the while. And this is obviously a major, major episode in the entire show. What a massive finale. I mean, first of all, in the credits, you could see it was written by Julie Plex. So you knew we were going to get some bullshit. Yeah. And like, crazy stuff starts happening immediately that's i mean and that's a benefit of them leaving it on such a cliffhanger last week and this one has laughs it has sexy moments i sobbed more than i think i ever have on this show the only possible comparison is when jenna died and even that i think this was no this was this was violent sobs obviously this is the episode you all know it when nina dobrev leaves the vampire diaries We've been predicting this. We're going to talk all about that decision and the repercussions. We're going to save a lot of that for the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But this is just a big week. We were waiting for it to come, and it's here. Can you believe it? I I was debating whether it was before season seven or before season eight, and I wasn't entirely sure either way. So I was still a little surprised by it here because I think I was like, maybe it's season eight. <laughs> Yeah, but then early in this episode, they start going to, like, the goodbye sections, and it's like, "Mm, what's going on? I didn't tag those immediately, but once I started tagging it, I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Yeah, here it is. Here we go. Well, and as soon as Damon says, you know, getting ahead of myself, as soon as he's like, there's nothing physically wrong with her, I'm like, okay. She's in her sleep. She's sleep. She's honk shoo me me Yeah. (laughs) But before we get into everything in this episode, here's a quick ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. In the aftermath of Alaric and Joe's powerful nuptials, I don't know if powerful is the word. It's a word. (laughs) Things take a dramatic turn when an uninvited guest shows up, leaving Elena in terrible jeopardy. Despite Matt's advice to leave town to protect herself, a defiant Bonnie takes matters into her own hands after finding herself on the receiving end of a twisted plan. As Stefan and Caroline reach an emotional crossroad in their relationship, a reunion with Liv leaves Tyler faced with a decision that could change his life forever. Meanwhile, Lily's reckless actions cause Stefan to realize the lengths to which his mother will go to reunite with her family. Finally, after a devastating chain of events, Damon is forced to make the most difficult decision of his life. To not kill his best friend. (laughs) To, To not kill someone who he actively enjoys spending time with. Sure. How does he do it? <laughs> Braver than the Marines. <laughs> we, of course, left off the episode, you know, at the Gemini wedding from hell. Mm-hmm. The Vampire Diaries version of the Red Wedding. I assume. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Yeah, neither have I. Uh, but you get it. People died at a wedding. We I all know, know what the Red Wedding was, even if we didn't see it. Yeah. Spoilers <laughs> for Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, it's literally called the Red Wedding. Yeah. We open the episode, though, on the street, specifically the street where Damon and Elena met for the first time, if you're not clocking. Yeah, I'm immediately concerned because Damon's on the ground and I'm like, where the fuck is Elena? Because at first I was like, oh, did he get, you know, exploded out of the church? There's no church nearby here. And there's no blood and he's laying calmly like, you know, how he loves to lay in the street. Yeah. And Elena walks up to him in her bridesmaid dress and says, what are you doing? And he says, waiting for you. And she says, on the ground where we first met. And at this point, I'm like, calm a dream. I'm in that again, which is essentially right. 
it, it actually is essentially right. You guessed Coma Dream once before and it was wrong, uh, but it paid off this time. Yes. See, sometimes you do have to take a big swing more than once for it to be right. Yeah. And don't let the fear of striking out stop you from playing the game. That's so true. Like, just because it's been wrong before, I'll keep guessing it. And maybe it'll be right someday. Someday <laughs> someone's going to want to be the mayor of Mystic Falls. Don't get me started on that, by the way, this episode, because I actually have a thought. But I was making all these scientific guesses, and then here come Dr. Maxfield. So sometimes things work. It's true. Damon gets up and says, I'm feeling symbolic. And he kisses her. And she says, oh, so it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> She's reading the room. She's reading the vibes. Yeah. And Damon says, I believe you owe me a dance, Miss Gilbert. And she says, Damon, just tell me how bad it is. And he says, dance with me, please. Which is code for it's real bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go back. The screen goes to black and we start to hear the screams again from the wedding. Mm-hmm. And Damon is screaming for Elena. And we are at Joe and Alaric's wedding where we left off. I mean, it is a mess. Elena is bloody. Damon's running to her. Alaric is still at the altar holding Joe and crying, calling for help. But she looks at this point to be quite dead. Yeah. And there's really no one to help. Like, she's the one doctor in the room. She didn't have any doctor friends at the wedding, which thank God for that, it appears. Yeah. Damon bites his wrist, but Elena's not drinking his blood. Mm -hmm. And Joshua now calls out for Kai. Because, you know, he's pretty pissed off that Kai did this. Yeah, he's like, I mean, I did tell y'all he was going to pull some shit like this. Yeah. Damon calls for Stefan and he and Caroline get up from across the room. And Damon says, yeah, Elena won't wake up. Mm -hmm. And Caroline says, oh, my God. And Damon says, I don't understand. Like, she won't wake up. And Stefan says, just get her to the hospital. And Damon very quickly vampire runs out with Elena. Thank goodness. Because then Caroline and Stefan are talking. Caroline says, wait, she's human. If she doesn't, like, what if she doesn't? And then Kai snaps both Stefan and Caroline's necks. With magic, of course. Yes. And Kai says, nothing personal, but this is a family matter now. It's like, they they can't hear you, King. Yeah. That line wasn't for them. That was for you. (laughs) And, and, And he knows it. He turns to the altar and sees Rick crying. Rick looks at him and Kai looks at him and They just don't say anything to each other because it's like, well, here we are, two of us. Yeah. (laughs) Kai's like, hey, buddy, you get it. I would say I'm sorry, but I'm not. Yeah. And Rick is looking rough and he doesn't really stop looking rough the whole episode, which is fair. This is a particularly rough episode for Rick. And what's interesting about it is like we don't spend a lot of time exploring it. Like we really don't spend much time with Rick. We spend a lot of time with everyone else. And Rick is going through some shit. There's a popular joke in the fandom, obviously. (laughs) that all of Alaric's girlfriends die. And this is maybe the harshest of all of them. Yeah. And I threw this whole episode was kind of like, maybe she's alive, maybe she's alive, which I'm not ready to completely let go of, but I I do think it's looking bad for her. We'll talk about Joe later. Joshua starts a spell, the rest of the Gemini join in, and Kai says, let me guess, prison world. Because they ain't got nothing else. He's like, yeah, good fucking luck with that. Yeah, I got out twice. He said, try something creative, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Kai says, well, you can't kill me or else you'd all die too, right? And Kai turns to Rick and says, hey, sorry about your twinsies. I just don't feel like competing for leadership with future Gemini twins. So he did know about the twins. He told Joe that she was having twins. Didn't he? Isn't he the one who was like, congratulations? He said congratulations. He told her she was pregnant. Oh, okay. Lily was the one who told her she's having twins. So it stands to reason that Lily told Kai it was twins. There you go. Okay. Plus, I mean, I'm sure Kai was like, wait a second. She's the first one to get pregnant after new Gemini leadership. Probably twins in there. 
yeah so he probably when he met lily and they talked about you know him drinking her blood whatever he said by the way you may or may not know this i just gotta ask twins and she said oh yeah and he says great <laughs> great i'll use that <laughs> kai says see when your family decides you're nothing but an irredeemable piece of trash well i guess the best thing to do is prove them right right and joshua's like don't say that and Alex says <laughs> wrong Alex's <laughs> like or you could not do that and you could bring your sister back to life <laughs> and Kai says, no, I don't think so. So Kai has picked up a piece of glass during this little speech. And then he turns to the coven and he says, this ought to do it. And he stabs himself in the neck. Joshua says no. And Kai, laughing, dies. And I immediately was like, mm, vampire. No, he's not dead. <laughs> You're smarter than me because when I first watched this, I was like, wow, I can't believe Kai's dead. This whole episode, they want us to think he dies so many times. I was like, he's not dying. And at the end, it's like, oh. There's no way out of that one. Yes, he is. <laughs> like the first two times I was like, he's not dead. And then the last one, I'm like, okay, well, I don't really have anything to say to that. But this one, I'm like, no, he's not dying in the finale. No, he's fine. He's going to be a vampire. We're good. Let's let's get there. Also because he's been in the prison world with the heretics. So yeah. he has access to vampire blood. We know he can become a vampire. So of course he would. And we know that he wants his family dead. And if he dies, his family dies. So it stands to reason like the logical jump there is become a vampire. Yeah. Because he wants them dead, but he doesn't really want to be dead. Yeah, he's got shit to do. Although, you know, what exactly is the leader of a Gemini coven without a coven? But that's a whole nother thing. Exactly. We go into what we know later to be Elena's mind. We have a number of mm-hmm. these flashbacks throughout the episode. We know later that they are everyone's like individual goodbyes to Elena that are being brought on by like vampire dream insertion. It's hazy, so we can already tell it's not quite like really happening in the real world. We're not sure if it's memories, but we know later it's essentially like memory dream hybrids yeah. in Elena's mind. Anyway, in this one, she's in the woods and she's boxing with Rick. And she says, you're going easy on me. This is supposed to be a special moment. And Rick says, I can't do this. <laughs> Elena says, don't do that. Don't give up like that. And Rick says, why not? I have nothing left to fight for. He punches the mannequin. She hugs him. So things are looking bad for Rick. Yeah. We go over to the hospital. Elena is safely in a hospital bed and Damon is watching her. So Damon calls Bonnie to check in. And she says, Damon. And he says, Bonnie, you have literally no idea how good it is to hear your voice right now. And she said, I should tell you, Damon, that Kai is out. And Damon says, yeah, I know. I'm glad you're safe. I was worried Kai already got to you. He did. (laughs) Yeah. Not the way they thought. (laughs) Bonnie says he did, and I don't know how, but I'm still alive. He drained my blood, and that's all. And Damon says, well, actually, no, that's not all. He was at the wedding. Joe is dead. He killed her. So this is our first confirmation that Joe is dead, something you were not even remotely concerned with last week. No, because I was like, whatever. He just stabbed her stomach. Like, we can get out of that one. But we can't. She's dead. She's full dead. As far as we can tell. Bonnie says, oh, my God. And Damon says, also, Elena got knocked out and she's not waking up. But the doctors keep telling me there's nothing physically wrong with her. So I don't know what to do, Bonnie. And Bonnie says, stay there. I'm coming because Bonnie, her red flags are going off. She said, nothing physically wrong. Mama, spell. She said, yeah, that's that's sounding like spell. It's giving Kai did something. (laughs) We go out to the road in a car. Stefan and Caroline are in the back of a car, knocked out, and then they come too. And we realize that Enzo is driving the car. And Enzo says, oh, good, you're up. Sorry to be indecorous, but you were both solidly unconscious when I pulled you from the wedding mayhem. Because they're both laying on top of each other like it's getting a little romantic. And they wake up and they're like, knock that out. 
And I know this is not, there's no better time to say this. I know this isn't even a good time. I just want everyone to know, I learned yesterday that Michael Malarkey isn't British. I'm okay with it because his voice is still deep. If anything, his voice is higher pitched when he's doing the accent. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with him not being British. I don't want that to be like, <laughs> I'm not mad at him. I just think it's shocking. And at first I thought like, oh, maybe I just wasn't like a big enough fan to have watched enough interviews to have clocked this. But I've watched interviews with him and I guess I just never thought that hard about it. Uh, he grew up in Ohio, for those wondering. Born in Lebanon, grew up in Ohio. And he has a wife. <laughs> well, I knew that. I didn't know that. Anyway. Shocking time. Caroline says, where are we going? Wait, Elena. And Enzo says, Elena is in the hospital with Damon. Kai is dead. All the Geminis are going down with him. I grabbed the two of you to help me with a bigger problem. And Caroline says, there's a bigger problem. Caroline's like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> we go over to some storage containers where Lily was last week. Lily opens one. She calls out for some of who we must believe are her family named Valerie and Malcolm. So that's a couple names. We'll see if we meet them. Yeah, I'm sure we will. You think you'll like Valerie or Malcolm? I don't think I'll care for any of them if I'm completely honest with you. <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> if I had to pick out of those two names, I think I'll like Valerie more because I like the name Valerie and I like women more than men. Sure. Stefan arrives and says, get in the car, please. And Lily says, 1702 Route 12. That's where we are, right? I read the map very carefully. He said they'd be here. They're probably scared out of their minds. I bet they are because they're cloaked. Yeah, because they're like trying to talk to you, but you can't hear them. Stefan says, who are you talking about? Now, boy, who do you think? Like all the love in the world. I think he's kind of like, no, fucking say it. Lily says, my friends, Kai brought them back when he escaped that prison. They're here somewhere. And Stefan says, he lied to you. There's nobody out here. You made a deal with a sociopath and now a lot of people are dead. You're wasting your time. She's not hearing any of this. Yeah, she said, that doesn't sound right to me. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm going to look through the storage containers again. <laughs> we go over to the wedding venue. All the Geminis are just screaming, crying, throwing up, dying. Blood everywhere. Kai really wreaked some havoc. I mean, this is a big, fun move. Yeah, I mean, he, he pulled it off. You can't say he didn't. Joshua calls out. He says, where's my daughter? Liv, Liv. He doesn't find Liv, actually. They never don't even get to say goodbye to each other. That's kind of sad. Because we see where Liv is. She and Tyler have been thrown outside. Next to each other. Yeah, next to each other, of course. Tyler is suffering because he has a big piece of glass in his stomach. Yeah. And Liv is with him. And she's not doing good either. And she says, Tyler, oh God, no, this can't be happening. She coughs. She says, oh, what's happening to me? And Tyler says, okay, so here's the thing, Liv. Kai is dead. I heard the screams. Your dad, your coven, they're all in there. They're all dying, which means, and Liv says, no, no. Uh, they hold hands. It's like, not yeah. you two again. I can't do it's this. Like, it's like, oh, we're doing this couple again? Fuck. But there's actually a reason we're doing this couple again, and it's um, quite dark. Yeah. These two. Something's up. I mean, I know I've said this before, but can't y'all ever hang out and watch a movie? I mean, yeah, literally go get dinner. <laughs> Tyler says, I love you, Liv. You need to know that if this has to be it for us. And Liv says, no, you're not dying. Not after everything. You're not dying, Tyler. Uh, he says, tell that to the big shard of glass in my stomach. <laughs> he said, girl, it's looking bad. He said, I don't know that you know much about like human anatomy. <laughs> not a good place to have a big gaping wound. Yeah. Liv looks up at the full moon and it's like, oh, here we go with this. Liv says, it's a full moon. If you turn, it'll heal you. You have to. Tyler says, no, I'm not triggering it. Liv says, you know, you once told me 
that I gave you a second chance. You promised me you wouldn't waste it. You know, when she killed that guy. (laughs) Tyler pulls the glass out of his abdomen so that he can move more freely to kill Liv. Now, that's a big wound. I feel like you shouldn't pull out the projectile. The whole other thing with this, I get this plan. You have to kill somebody to trigger the werewolf curse. They're all dying anyway, blah, blah, blah. I get the urge to have Liv do it, but there are plenty of other strangers to kill. Yeah, but he can't really walk to the other people. He's out with her. That's true. Tyler kisses Liv. She holds his hand and he like shakes his head and she says, don't waste it. Together, they hold hands and put Tyler's hand over her mouth. And she says, I love you. And he strangles her. And I just don't. If you have to kill someone you're in love with, why are you picking strangling? Which, you know, takes a while and is really personal. And he has a wound like. He doesn't have like the two and a half minutes it takes to strangle someone. Yeah. And I think in real life, it takes like, what, seven or eight minutes? It's something long. Yeah. So, yeah, the wound will bleed out before he even strangles her. And it's not like there aren't weapons around. This place is full of broken glass. Even if you don't want to use the same one from you because you don't want to mix the blood or whatever, not that that would matter because she's dying. Yeah. It just feels like maybe don't kill her, maybe kill a stranger, all the love in the world to that stranger. Yeah, I mean, the Gemini people are going to die anyway. Kill any one of them. Sure, Liv, I guess. I mean, Liv was wanting to kill herself anyway, so why not? This couple is just confounding to me because they're so trying to do this like she killed for him, she died for him. It's like so Romeo and Juliet in a way that it's like these people are not like this doesn't make any sense to me. Especially because, like, even if we go back to the beginning of their relationship, which was the beginning of this season, that was, like, at best, that relationship was, like, maybe you guys hooked up twice and you don't really know what to do with it. And now, within being generous six months, you guys have killed for each other and died for each other? Like, what is happening? Again, can't you ever just, like, go get dinner? How about you guys go to like a paint and sip class? Like it doesn't have to be this serious. They didn't even want to hang out with each other on dates. Like, but she'll die for him. I don't understand that. I don't mean to, you know, celebrate a death, but I'm just so happy this couple can be done. I guess I should say, do you think Liv is dead for good? Yeah, Liv's dead for good. And frankly, you know, we'll get more evidence of this later, but I think frankly, this is the end of Tyler as well. We'll talk about that later as well. Mm-hmm. Looks like we're kind of closing this up. <laughs> Looks like we're really tying a bow on the the Perkers pretty consistently in this episode. It seems like we're we're done with them. We cleared them right yeah, out. Yeah, Julie Plex said, "Say goodbye to these people. They're not the originals. They're not getting a spinoff." She said, "No, this coven's done." She said, "This is not good for impressionable young minds to be attracted to Kai. I need to get rid of him." She said, "Look, I recognize." That I've done too much with Klaus already. That damage has been done. But I can stop it this time. Because I tried to make Kai worse. And you guys still fucking like him. You guys are shipping him with Bonnie. I don't even want him with Bonnie. And I hate Bonnie. (laughs) (laughs) We go over to the hospital. Elena is laying in the bed and Damon is with her. And that's about it that happens there. (laughs) Yeah, because one thing about Elena in this episode, she's laying. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of a thing now. That's kind of a gag. We go back over to the wedding venue. We see the full moon. And Tyler is starting to run because he's starting to turn a little bit. We can hear, you know, bones cracking. He's making a call and he says, come on, answer. And it takes quite a few rings, but Matt does answer. And Matt says, Ty, no no one checked on him after the wedding carnage. Yeah. Tyler says, listen to me. You have to tell everyone. And Matt says, tell everyone what? (laughs) 
And Tyler says, I triggered my curse. Tell every vampire to steer clear of me. I don't know if I'll be able to control who I go after and my bite will kill them in case we forgot because he will bite someone in the next, what, two minutes? Yeah, well, and I love, he's like, tell every vampire to stay away from me. No one has checked on you. Like, no one is concerned about you. like, Tyler, you still live in town? (laughs) And I love, you know, there's no reason to bring up all of this now, but he's just like, I triggered the curse. That's all you need to know about that. And Matt doesn't ask. (laughs) I think the assumption could be like, I bumped, like, because of the way the explosion shook out, like, I landed on someone and suffocated them. Like, it very well could have been accidental here. That's true. And also, I mean, A, Tyler doesn't have time to explain it because he's turning. So it's like, it's not really important how, I can tell you later. But Matt's also like, you know what, I'm not going to ask. It is kind of crazy, you know, I know that, like, Joe's not a witch anymore. It was kind of crazy of her to have a wedding on a full moon. On a full moon and, like, I recognize that it's your family, but you don't see them. Did you really need to bring all the coven together? I mean, I guess you think Kai's in a prison world, so why would that be a concern? But I guess they don't know all this. It seems like a severe oversight on the part of the Gemini coven to use Bennett blood when the, when Ketsia's blood is in that rock. And I know you can make the argument like the Gemini coven doesn't know who Ketsia is, doesn't know the history, but most Bennett witches do, yeah. right? Or they seem to. They seem to, or, you know... I guess Bonnie didn't know a ton about like Ketsio or the history until she learned about it. It just feels like binding it to someone's blood. I don't know. I get binding it to a random witch's blood because maybe it makes it stronger and it's outside of the coven. So it limits the connection. Yeah. And I get, you know, for a long time, you don't, he doesn't know any Bennett's. Once you find out that there's a Bennett in that prison world or in any of them, let's, you know, revise the spell. You're all witches. I'm sure there's some way to like add an extra block that blocks Bennett blood even. Yeah. That's me. Or add some other like blood thing. I I guess that has to be connected to a bloodline and maybe they didn't want to connect it to their own bloodline or it was already in there. But yeah, find another witch, I guess. I just, it just seems like you guys trusted the prison world a lot, which yeah, they did work for a while. But once Kai got out the first time, weren't you like, "Mm, maybe we should figure this out. But again, one thing about witches and magic in general is there is always a loophole. Yeah. So they shouldn't be expecting that it's totally fail safe. Yeah. I guess the 1903 one was there for so long. They're probably like, by 1994, they're probably like, well, start doing more. They're probably like, he doesn't know about 1903, which like, I don't know, maybe hide some of those records once he becomes the Gemini coven leader. Joshua, let's burn some shit. I Let's make some decoys. I mean, I'll go back to the curse of the sun and the moon. Give him all these fake prison worlds to care about. And then he can't find any of them. Like, yeah, I mean, I have a ton of notes for the Gemini coven. I truly cannot believe they lasted this long. Yeah. It does seem like it's the end for them. And it feels like you guys are popping out a lot of siphons, it appears. So not great. Not great. Yeah. Do you think this is the end of the Gemini coven, the end of the bloodline? Yeah. What happened to Joe's twins? They're not coming anymore? I I don't. I guess not. Are they it's, no longer the Gemini bloodline? I mean, if they're coming, I, I still, you know, I have the baby name in my head. I didn't pull that out of my ass. Are you sure? It sounds like it did. And I have to I have to consider it, but I'm pretty sure that that's a real thing. Now, maybe a lurk impregnates someone else. Perhaps. But I don't know so much about that. <laughs> Just like he's got to run out of love interests in some way. He's not like giving much. And if I were him after all these love interests, I'd be like, mm, I'm killing these women. Like, I, yeah. I can't I can't in good conscience do that. Time to stop dating. <laughs> in, in which case, could he really in good conscience have a daughter? That's a whole nother thing. But I mean, that baby's coming. 
I'm not positive it's coming from Joe anymore, but I, I can't, I can't say it's not either. Sure. We go back over to the storage containers and Stefan says, oh, let me guess, not there either. And Lily says, did you come all this way to mock me? And he says, no, I came here to put you back in your cell where you belong. And she says, do I look like a ripper, Stefan? I've said repeatedly that the hope of being reunited with my family is enough to overcome the urges. It wasn't like two days ago. Like, well, she had no hope two days ago. Sure. But it's, it is like, okay, I don't know about that. Whatever, girl. It's, it's hard to trust her. <laughs> Stefan says, hey, would you please just stop it with the word family? This is a fair request. And, you know, she's been throwing that word out so long. I'm shocked it took them this long to ask her to cool it with that. Yeah. It's a little rude to use the word family. Literally pick another word. Yeah. Like, and to use it repeatedly to your sons who you have told you don't love. Yeah. Stefan says they're just a bunch of random people you happen to sire, which is at the end of the day true. Sorry. Yeah. But Anna Elena was just some random girl you went to high school with. Yeah. Families come from other ways. I see both sides of it. Yeah. Lily says we spent a century and a half together. We're loyal to each other. Our relationship is a deeper bond than I've ever known. What other word would I use? BFFL, girl. Like, my, my friends. Friends is solid. Even found family. It's just, you know you're talking to your son. Even if you feel this way, how is this relevant to say to him? Yeah. It's not helpful, girl. Stefan says, okay, well, Lily, you either come with me or you're out of my life. Do you understand me? Your son. She says, I understand you. She says, I'm sorry, and walks away. She says, I don't give a fuck that you're my son. She says, then I guess I'm out of your life, King. She said, great, then you'll stop bothering me. And she says, Malcolm, are you here, sweetheart? And he says, Malcolm? <laughs> so then Stefan pushes Lily into a storage container and says, oh, what did you give to Kai? And Lily says, I thought you were leaving. <laughs> she wants him gone so bad. She says, when are you going to go? She said, don't you have somewhere to be? <laughs> Stefan says... Tell me what you gave to Kai in return for your family. And she says, that's easy. I gave him my blood. Called this one from a mile away. Stefan didn't. <laughs> yeah, Stefan sure didn't. I didn't. We go over to the venue. Kai gasps awake. So he is in transition. He pulls the shard of glass out of his neck and snaps it back into place. And then he magically drags Joshua to him. Joshua's pissed. <laughs> Kai says, here's to being different, dad. He touches a drop of blood on Joshua's face licks his finger the transition is complete he got the stefan salvatore special yeah blood from his father yeah and honestly very slay move of kai because you know it's very iconic and dare i say cunty that kai just took a little finger full of blood he didn't even kill his dad that's almost more demoralizing yeah because like at least giuseppe did get to die being like i told you vampires were monsters yeah like, I was right at the end of the day. Exactly. And it's like, oh, so my blood doesn't even taste good? Joshua just has to, like, they all seem to be dying very slowly as a result of this. So he's like, what? So he still has to die slowly and see his son win. Her day for Joshua Parker. Which, you know, he wasn't exactly a winning person, but... But still a rough day for him. Yeah. We go out to the parking lot. Rick is carrying Joe's dead body. By himself. And puts it in the trunk of his car. Could no one have helped him with this? Again, I understand that Damon ran to the hospital. Stefan and Caroline were picked up. Like, I understand that physically there is no one who could actually help him with this. But it kind of sucks that Rick has to do this completely alone. You know, I understand Damon, like, wants to be there watching what Elena goes through. But, like, 
could someone check on Rick? Like, literally, his fiance died on his wedding night. His pregnant fiance died at the altar of their wedding. Someone just give him a call. At minimum. He puts Joe into the trunk and then he lays some like sheer organza over her. We can see she looks pretty dead. It's evocative of, for the Pretty Little Liars fans out there, when we see Mona in the trunk of the car. And I imagine that this is your argument, that a dead body does not always mean dead. This is exactly my argument. I mean, you you nailed it on that. I know that's where we were going. As soon as we were in the car, I'm like, she's going to talk about how I'm pretty little liars. Spoilers. We see Mona dead in the trunk and she's not actually dead. So do you think we'll talk about this now? Is Joe dead for good? I lean no, but I I don't know for sure. I would say it's like 60-40. How do you think we get Joe back then? Because the other side is gone. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with that. I think... Since she gave up her magic to the Gemini coven and is kind of like severed from that, there may be some other magic way. Like she didn't die as a result of the Gemini coven all dying. Now, yes, she did die of a a wound, it appears. But I think there's some, there could be some magic connection that since Kai killed her or something happened, I don't know. I don't have a good reason. But you think she'll be coming back? 60-40 might even be high. It's kind of 50-50 to me, honestly. What's making you hesitate to say that she's dead? Because again, we do see her dead body. And yes, I know on Pretty Little Liars, we see Mona's dead body. This show is not Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. They don't get in the habit of showing us dead bodies. People are not faking their deaths on this show. Yeah. What makes you not ready to say she's dead, I guess? My major pause is the baby of it all. Of that, like, You didn't get this name from nowhere. You're pretty sure that one of these, at least one of these babies gets born. And don't get me wrong. Like- Alert could impregnate someone else. I don't see that happening. Like, just because, I don't know. How are they going to find him another love interest? Well, and it's hard, especially after he's met this love interest, and it's become much more serious than the other love interests very fast. His reaction is going to be more dramatic to her passing away. Uh, You know, I said this last week that maybe one of the babies gets saved, but you pointed out it's pretty early in the pregnancy still. Yeah. So I don't feel as confident that that will happen. Also, because she's sitting in a trunk, she's not going to a hospital. So the baby's certainly not getting better at this point. So I just, the baby is the main thing giving me pause. But all the clues they're giving us make her seem dead. Well, let me ask you this. We'll talk more about this specific thing at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the episode, we see a passage of time. Mm -hmm. Do you think there could potentially be a time jump and might that change your opinion on Alaric being able to impregnate someone else? Oh, that is true. I mean, I have a a guess. It does appear that there's a time jump and I have a guess for about how long that is. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. And we'll talk to that at the end of the episode. So that could shift it. I still feel like it's unlikely. Also from a story point of view of like, if he were to meet someone and get them pregnant in the course of like, even two seasons, it's kind of the same story we just did with Joe. Yeah. So it would have to be something different. And it could be because I do believe that baby is part of Legacies. Okay. I feel confident that the ba- that two of the kids on Legacies, I mean, I feel 100% confident one of them is Klaus and Haley's daughter. Mm-hmm. And then I feel 60% confident that Alurk's daughter is on that show. So let me ask you another question. Might there be a magical way to save this baby or two babies? 
yeah, my thought is if there's a magical way to save the babies, then there's a magical way to save Joe as well. Of course. Or maybe, no. I was going to say something about maybe Kai linked Joe to one of the babies, but that doesn't make a lick of sense. It sure doesn't. So, but I, you know, I'm thinking of links. Yeah. I, I just find it unlikely that we'll have a similar storyline of alert getting someone pregnant, which we could. Yeah. It's not to say we couldn't, but you don't think it's likely. But they kind of designed Joe directly for Alurk, so I think it'd be hard to have another love interest after that. It'd be hard to do that again. Without it being like, oh, another one. You're just finding anybody, huh? Oh, you're just, yeah, you, oh, you found another doctor who's interested in you? I don't buy that. Yeah. Rick gets in the driver's seat of his car because he has to take this body to the morgue. Yeah. He opens his glove compartment and there's a gun there. Because one thing about Rick, he's got a gun. And then he sees Kai walking up, so Rick gets out of the car. And Kai says, bad time. And Rick just shoots Kai a bunch, which you know what? Good. No hesitation. Totally fair. Fair reaction. Can't blame him for this one. Now, unfortunately, Kai is, as we know, a vampire. So Kai is not hurt by the bullets. He takes one bullet out and says, freaky, right? And Rick's like, oh, God, (laughs) this day. Kai says, I turned myself into one of Lily's heretics. It's really incredible, actually. I can literally siphon the magic of my vampirism and convert it into more magic. So Rick puts the gun to his head. (laughs) Because <laughs> he's like, well, I'm done. He said, well, I guess I'm going to kill myself tonight. <laughs> well, it's over. But then Kai says, oh, looks like somebody's had a very bad day. <laughs> Rick says, yeah, hence the gun to my head. Yeah. But then Tyler comes out of nowhere, tackles Kai and bites him. And he's like, oh, that was quick. And Alaric says, killing myself? Postponed. <laughs> and Alex says, actually, you know what? This life shit ain't so bad. Literally. (laughs) So Kai tosses Tyler to a car. Tyler and Rick look at each other, and Rick, of course, sees that Tyler has werewolf eyes. So Rick's like, oh, this day is turning around. Rick said, okay, kind of needed that win today. Thank you so much, Tyler. You you finally earned your worth at my bachelor party. (laughs) Yeah, you finally did something useful. (laughs) Tyler runs off, continues to turn, and Kai says, bad doggy. Yeah, because he doesn't, I don't think he knows the gravity of this situation quite yet. (laughs) Exactly. We go into one of Elena's mind memories. This one, she's on Wickery Bridge with Matt and some flowers. This is reminiscent of, of course, the scene that she was with Matt talking about dying and stuff, whatever. And this is why I couldn't, I was watching this and I was like, I think this, like, this is similar to a scene that we've seen, but it feels different. So I wasn't 100% sure if this was a memory or what. Yeah, because all of the scenes that we do this are similar to existing memories while also being new scenes. Mm -hmm. And they're harder to clock at the beginning because- Damon's is on the road where they met, but it could really be any road. And Rick's is in the woods, reminiscent of a scene where he was training Elena to fight in the beginning of season three, I believe. Mm -hmm. Then this one is much more memorable in that way, I think. So then it's like, oh, we're like revisiting some greatest hits here. This looks like a goodbye episode. This looks like a retrospective on Elena, the character. Yeah, I started getting nervous in this one, but I didn't really start clocking it until the next one. Yeah. So... She hands these like yellow dandelions to Matt and says, say it. And Matt says, no, I'm not doing this, which is so funny because we know he came into her mind to say goodbye to her. What do you mean? No, you're not doing this. You're already doing it. Yeah, you're already here. Elena says, fine, I'll say it. Here lies Elena Gilbert, a fun girlfriend and an amazing friend. And she drops the flowers into the water. And Matt says, I'm glad one of us can find humor in this. And she says, I have to find humor in this, Matt, because the alternative would be to say goodbye. And I'm just not ready for that yet. And yeah, at this point, it's like, hmm, why are you saying goodbye, girl? Yeah, it was a little like, oh, this is interesting, but I wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. We go over to the Salvatore house. Matt comes in 
and says, Bonnie, we like have to go. We have to get to the hospital to see Elena. And then he notices that Bonnie is like upset. And he says, what's wrong? What is that? And it's the video camera from the 1994 prison world. Mm -hmm. And it has a sticky note that says, watch me. Bonnie says, I found it in the kitchen. And Bonnie hits play and it's Kai on the tape. Of course it is. He had to do a fun little reveal. And I know he's mad he didn't get to see, he didn't get to do this reveal in person, but he was busy today. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is fun. This is great supervillain reveal stuff. As much of a fantastic villain as Klaus and Catherine are, there's something about Kai that is so much more villainy because they never really work with him. He's just there fucking their shit up. Like Klaus offers them things. Catherine offers them things. Kai offers them literally nothing except a headache. So Kai says, all this time travel's been heard on the camera, Bonnie. Oh, there it is. And he says, yay, you saw the post-it. And then he gets really close to the camera and says, this message will self-destruct in 10 seconds. And then he laughs so hard. He's giggling. He knows this is silly, goofy. And he knows she's going to keep watching. Yeah, he knows he's got her hooked. (laughs) He says, anywho, you're probably wondering why you're still alive, since I should have bled you out one painful ounce at a time. I mean, that's what you deserve. You left me behind in 1903, which I did not appreciate. But I guess you forgot about that old Canadian rock filled with Bennett blood. And until he said this, I forgot that this was Bennett blood. Like, I forgot that... Ketsia was a Bennett. Yeah, that Ketsia was a Bennett. And then as soon as he said it, I was like, I should guess this. Well, and unfortunately, this is what's interesting about that, too, is like the Bennett blood rock is with the cure. Oh, yeah. So by Bonnie bringing the cure back, and also Bonnie was able to come back using that Bennett blood in the Ketsia rock. Mm -hmm. Well, the Bennett blood in Silas's tombstone, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So Kai was kind of introduced to these things, though not like directly. He was able to kind of connect these dots. So again, major flaw in prison worlds, just really all time bad stuff from the Gemini's. Like, can you do anything right? Here's my thing about the prison world. I understand the general concept. Why are they allowed to travel that far to get that rock? Bound it. I actually wrote this note and I didn't know what it meant. Prison world should be more confined. Yeah. When you make a prison world, give him Portland. Yeah. No, he doesn't get to fly planes. He doesn't get to go to Nova Scotia. Like, we don't get to take a boat to Nova Scotia to get a fucking ancient rock that is still there. Like, put him in the Gemini Coven house in Portland where he has to live with, you know, the blood of all the people he killed. Also because all of the reasons that we just said, but also because... That would be a way easier spell. Yes. Why did you create a mirror image world? The whole world of places like that you've never even been. You have to imagine like you can go anywhere in the world in a prison world. Why did they create a perfect copy of 1994 Mystic Falls? Well, and how much magic did it take to make three fucking cures? Literally. Two cures for the prison worlds. Like that was hard enough for one person to make and you have two? That's the thing. It's like maybe... If you didn't spend all of your coven's energy making these prison worlds that have to be in some sense bound to the Ascendant, which has to be powered by you, maybe you wouldn't need to merge people to get more power. Yeah. What are you doing all this for? This is just, it's like, this is just foolish. And again, I get that like the 1903 ones seem to be working. So I get why that was the solution. But also, I just think sometimes, you know, technology has gone too far. What is so wrong with a concrete cell for Kai? Honestly. And look, I get the prison world from 1903. There are six of them. They're all vampires. Like, you can't see a solution in killing them as hard. Joshua Parker, kill your fucking son. Nut up or shut up. Like, I'm so sorry, but that's the answer here. 
Like you didn't need to make a home or put him in the prison world with them, which, you know, only became an issue because he had all this other information because other people got into his prison world. We've said this before. Train Joe better so that she wins the merge. I just don't know why we didn't start there. Or don't let him siphon it all before the merge. Just lock him somewhere he can't siphon. If you must make a separate realm, make it a house big. Do it like the good place. Make it a house that is everything he hates. Yes. And then he can have food. You can keep food in there. But he's stuck in this house that he hates and he can't go anywhere. Yeah. And you can still make it that he can't die. So even if he doesn't eat, he dies of starvation every couple of weeks. Like there's just really no reason to be doing all that you did. And it actually bit you in the ass. And I do think Joshua Perker flew too close to the sun because he was like, you know what? I heard about this prison world and I hate my son so much that I'm going to copy the same thing. You did all that for one person who beat you anyway, by the way. The fathers on this show are operating on supreme levels of haterade of their children. I just don't you have to hate your son so much. I just don't understand why. Like, again, the 1903 prison world, no one alive is involved in that. It's different. We have technology now. Get a stainless steel fucking cell. I don't really understand why you had to create a whole world for Kai. He's just a sweetie who needs to be hugged. Either care for your son or kill him. I mean, what are we doing, Joshua? I'm sure they said there was a reason why they didn't kill him. Probably because like it would ma- like they needed a new leader and he was the twin. But like Luke and Liv were alive then. That's true. So they could have killed him and then just said, guess we got to wait another 18 years for a merge. Yeah, just wait for the merge. I'm sure there must have been a reason at the time, but it's escaping me. I don't know that there was, honestly. Honestly, who knows? Anyway. Whatever. So that's, again, so having access to Ketsia's blood was the downfall of the prison world. And the Gemini coven as a result. Exactly. Kai says, anyway, even though I got out now, I just kind of want to make you suffer in new and, if I may say so myself, totally inspired ways. And, you know, say what you will about this spell, that it is, you know, you need a certain amount of willing suspension of disbelief Mm -hmm. to accept the parameters of this spell which you know we're gonna give because we watched the show but this is creative and it does make bonnie suffer i gotta give it to kai great great work you can't say it's not inventive you really can't matt says what is this and bonnie says keep watching i don't fucking know any more than you i'm watching it at the same time bonnie's like the video's not over (laughs) she said shut the fuck up (laughs) we go over to the hospital damon gets a text from alaric and it's straight to the point ty werewolf kai is a vampire Thank you for sharing that information. (laughs) After he says, by the way, anyone want to check on me? And I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. I almost killed myself just now, but I ran out of bullets. Can you imagine? He texted and just loaded Joe's body into the trunk of my car and like a sad emoji. And then (laughs) didn't even just didn't respond. (laughs) It says like red 1027 PM. (laughs) Or Damon like reacts it. Like got it. Got it. (laughs) Kai appears in the hospital. Luckily, Damon now knows he's a vampire. And Kai says, what's happening to me? And Damon quickly puts the pieces together because he knows, A, Tyler is a werewolf and Kai is a vampire. He sees Kai has bite on his neck. And he's like, okay, word. Damon says, you didn't happen to pet a fuzzy four-legged vampire killing machine, did you? And Kai says, how do I fix it? And Damon says, easy. There's a cure in New Orleans. I'll go get it for you. Just tell me what you did to Elena. Unfortunately for Kai, yeah, this is big leverage. Well, and this is lucky for Damon. Kai doesn't know Klaus. So Kai doesn't know Klaus isn't giving him shit. Yeah, Klaus would be like, who are you? No. Klaus would be like, get out of my house. He's like, I'm not a fucking cure dispenser. He'd be like, I'll kill you right fucking now. I don't care. I'm busy. 
I got shit to do. I'm on my own spinoff now. <laughs> I spun off and I don't even know who you are. Kai says, I can't tell you what I did to Elena. Damon says, oh, okay. Well, one thing you're not going to do is mess with me. I'm in a very volatile place right now and I will start beheading people that I don't like, starting with you if she doesn't wake up. So what did you do to my damn girlfriend? He does end up keeping that promise. Yeah, he does make good on that. Kai says, you know, it's just not as threatening when I'm seeing four super blurry versions of you. And Damon says, fix her. I know it's a spell. She's in perfect health. Kai says, of course it's a spell. (laughs) Kai says, that's not a secret. (laughs) Kai says, and she'll stay that way until she wakes. Young, beautiful, human Elena Gilbert, preserved in this moment indefinitely. And Damon's like, well, who told you she's a human? (laughs) Like, who, who let that slip? At the Salvatore house, on the video camera, Kai says, so Bonster, I linked Elena's life to yours. The rule is that as long as you're alive, Elena will remain asleep. Matt says, oh my God. At the hospital, Damon says, please tell me you didn't. And Kai says, I really totally did. At the Salvatore house on the camera, Kai says, oh, and please don't go looking for some witchy workaround. Because as the incredibly powerful leader of the Geminis, I rigged this so that if you do try to outsmart it, both you and Elena will die instantly. I guess what I'm trying to say is that your betrayal really hurt me, Bond. So this is kind of all your fault. Let's talk about this spell. You knew, of course, Elena was going to go to sleep. This is Elena's big sleep. I could gaslight you to believe that she will be back in season seven, but honestly, what's the point? I wouldn't buy it anyway. I want to talk about this in full knowledge. So this is just such, I mean, this is just a funny spell because it is like she's preserved human, perfectly safe. So she's really essentially going to hang out until Bonnie dies. So I understand there's like an element here of like, oh, I want Damon to be tortured about whether he kills Bonnie or not. It's very easy. They all pretty quickly come to the agreement. Like, guess we'll see you in 60 years, girl. Yeah. Well, and it's very like, I know, obviously watching this, that Nina Nobrev is leaving the show. So I know this has to be permanent, but obviously she doesn't want to kill Elena. Yeah. So they conjure this, which sure, but it's like, this does seem like a spell that has a workaround because they always do. And frankly, I do think there is a workaround eventually. And I'm pretty positive. I know what it is. What is it? That Stefan links his life and kills himself so Damon can be with Elena. Huh. I think that's how Stefan dies. Okay. How'd you come to that conclusion? I have the belief that Stefan dies and in some way it's for Damon. So I just kind of threw Elena in there as well. Sure. Okay. I was just wondering how you got there. Yeah. That's very specific. It is very specific. I have a good deal of confidence in it. Sure. The first time I watched this show, I do remember I was like, they should try harder to fix this as if Nina Dobrev didn't leave. Well, and that's the thing is like, you just have to be like, okay, she's not coming back. And I get his whole, like, if you try to find a workaround, you'll both die. Now look, I'll suspend disbelief and assume that that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm sure. Why not? (laughs) But you're pushing me here is all I'm saying. Yeah. I guess he has to say that because otherwise it wouldn't make sense for these people to not try to find a workaround. Yeah. I think we have to make it as much like, you can't do anything as possible because they're like, Nina didn't sign the contract, guys. There's no work around here. But it is interesting that they're keeping her like alive and preserved. So like, they're like if you want to come back, Nina, we'll find a workaround. Well, that's the thing. This spell, I do think, leaves enough of an open-endedness that like if Nina, after like half a season or like even a season, like a lurk, was like, oh, can I come back? They'd be like, sure. We'll wake you up, girl. We'll find something. Yeah, it's essentially like a coma. It is a big sleep. I mean, they call it the sleep spell. Do they? I think Kai did. Sure. I mean, again, it's like high stakes, but low stakes. 
not to be an Elena hater on a very big Elena episode, see why you should have waited to take the cure, bitch? I think this would have been the same with or without. I think they could have done this spell to her if she was a I guess that's true. That's true. I assumed that to link the life, it had to be a mortal life, but maybe that's not true. And it's kind of nice that, you know, she's going to wake up. Like, she's not going to age. It's not like she's going to wake up at 60. Yeah. That was nice of Kai. That was nice, yeah. That's the thing. The parts of the spell, that it's like, that was kind of nice of Kai that, like, she's not going to age. And, like, essentially, if all goes as we are meant to believe it will go, 60, 70 years from now, Bonnie will die. Elena will wake up. Damon will take the cure and they'll have their human life then. Well, and frankly, how y'all live and how many times Bonnie's died, it may may not be 60 years. Literally. All the love in the world. And I think this is also helpful because of how many times Bonnie died. It can't be like, well, we'll just kill her and bring her back somehow because they've done that so many fucking times. Yeah. (laughs) They can't even do that. I think this was a little targeted of Julie Pleck to be like, I want to kill Bonnie. And now Nina's leaving. So I'm going to make the fans hate Bonnie because she made Elena leave. Completely underestimating how much love the fans have for Bonnie. Yeah, Julie, you will never make us hate Bonnie. Like, I I think this was targeted by her. Maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist, but it feels like she wants the fans to turn on Bonnie. You know, there's a lot of talk in this episode about, like, whose fault this is. And a, a lot of people are like, no, Bonnie, it's not your fault. But it's like, why are you saying that? I didn't think it was. None of this is Bonnie's fault. It's Kai's fault. Bonnie's the fucking pawn in this plan. Like, the pawn is never the fault. Yeah. Matt says, oh, Bonnie, you need to get out of town now. And she says, no, I'm not letting Kai win. Matt says, Bonnie, Elena's the only thing Damon Salvatore cares about. He'll kill you. You have to get out of here now. And it's like, will he, though? Because, again, this is, like, low stakes. Because, again, he just has to live 60 years and then he'll get his girlfriend back. Like, he's lived longer than that. He lived longer than that without Catherine. And she didn't even like him back. He waited nearly three times that length for Catherine, okay? Literally. He'll, he'll wait for Elena. Yeah, it, it just seems, again, it's like high stakes because Elena's out of the picture, but it is low stakes because it's like, there's a pretty easy workaround, which is just wait 60 years. Well, and also, like, we've built up this whole season with Bonnie and Damon being friends. Bonnie's like, I don't think he'll immediately kill me. Yeah. I, I, I do think there's a bit of like, he might, but I'm pretty sure we're good. <laughs> yeah. We go over to the hospital. Kai says, Damon, think about it. Every day that you wake up without Elena in your arms, you'll have a burning desire to kill Bonnie. Of course, you could just get it over with and kill her now, but Elena will probably never speak to you again. Kai vampire runs away and Damon angrily throws a gurney because he's frustrated by the events of the day. Yeah, because Kai's like, see, you all hate it. I ruined it for everyone because you're going to kill Bonnie and be tortured over that decision. And then Elena's going to hate everyone. And it didn't really go that way. Yeah. But I can see why he thought this. We go back into one of Elena's mind memories. It's Elena and Stefan walking by the waterfall, like at the end of season two, right before she was about to be sacrificed. They did this hike. Yeah, this is the one where I was like, oh, this is like a, this is full goodbyes. Yes, because this is, for those who may or may not remember, this was the hike they took after Damon fed Elena vampire blood and she knew she was going to die that night. So she was reckoning with the fact that she might turn. She ended up not turning. And they did this full hike in jeans. Famously. Elena (laughs) says, hang on. Like, I just need two seconds. She wants to take a break. And Stefan says, you're the one who chose a five mile hike to say goodbye. Five miles in jeans. Season two, Elena was on one. Yeah. Elena says, this isn't goodbye, Stefan. Besides, this hike is where I told you I didn't want to be a vampire. I thought it would be fitting, considering. And Stefan says, because you're a weak human again. And Elena says, 
you knew I never wanted to be a vampire, even before we took our first steps up that mountain. You just wanted to hear me say it out loud. And Stefan says, yeah, a lot of good that did. And Elena says, I guess what I'm trying to say is, you knew me better than anyone. You always have, which is why you already know how impossible it is for me to find the words to say goodbye. And he says, don't, I can't do this. Not now, not ever. This is a beautiful Stelena scene. Mm -hmm. And I think this underscores many of the reasons why, I mean, I think we do a good job in this episode. If you watch this episode and think Stelena should be Endgame, respectfully, I have to ask what show you're watching. Yeah. Because these two, they were like perfect for each other at a time, but they Mm -hmm. are not perfect for each other anymore. That time has passed. Yeah. They should not be Endgame at all. Beautiful couple, beautiful relationship. They care a lot for each other. They had a wonderful relationship, but they both belong with other people. Speaking of people who should be endgame, we go to the hospital and Stefan is looking at Elena and Caroline comes in and says, where's Damon? And Stefan says, oh, Bonnie tracked Kai. He went to go beat the sleeping spell out of him. And Caroline says, Stefan, this whole thing with Elena, if they can't break the spell, are you going to be okay? And he says, are you? And she says, of course not. But when she wakes up, she'll still be my best friend after Bonnie's lived a long and happy life. But you, you were soulmates. And I want to make sure that you're okay. So much love from her. I mean, it's right to ask this question to him because it is like a struggle for him, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is incorrect to call he and Elena soulmates. I agree with that. But he goes on to say why. So I'll let let Stefan say it. Yeah. (laughs) Stefan says, I don't think Elena necessarily came into my life to be my soulmate. She was. We loved each other. I wouldn't say she was. I would say you loved each other. Sure. Yeah. He says, but she was also the only person I've ever met who actually believed my brother was worth loving. And she reminded me that I used to believe that about him too. And her faith in him brought Damon and me back together. And yeah, I loved her more than I ever thought I could love somebody else. But I think in the end, I needed him more than I needed her. I mean, obviously, and Elena goes on to explain what her relationship with Stefan meant to her later. And this is what, you know, Stefan explains is what their relationship meant to him. And it's just very beautiful because it was really not about them. It was about bringing him and Damon back together. You know, they both came into their lives when they wanted to save someone and needed saving. And then at the end of their relationship, they didn't need to be that for each other anymore because they both... They had served the purpose. And that's okay. A relationship doesn't need to be forever. It can serve its purpose. Yeah. And then Stefan makes some connection. So he says, is that why you feel you need to stay away from me? Is it because you think I haven't moved on? And Caroline says, no, I just, I'm sure it sounds like I'm making a million excuses, but you and I... I can't do this right now. I'm sorry. And she goes, girl, just fucking kiss him. I'm so tired of this. Elena's asleep. Like, are you guys going to kiss? Like, uh, am I going to wake up and you haven't kissed yet? Yeah, because we need to get moving. <laughs> yeah. She's like, let's let's move this along. He just said he's over me. I've been over him for years at this point. <laughs> yeah. We go back over to the venue, the wedding venue. Kai returns, goes in, says, hello. Anyone still alive? It's really his yellow top night. He's all over this goddamn town. He's seeing everybody. He's all over this town. And I know, you know, I know I shouldn't say this. Uh, he looks so hot and sexy. He does. I mean, I, I'm not going to pretend he doesn't. He's got the blood all over his face. He's got the suit. It's ever so rumpled. I mean, he just looks so hot. And, he, you know, he wins a lot of this episode until yeah. the end. But for a long time, he's winning. Yeah. And he can't be, he can't be caught. He says, anyone alive, just raise your hand. I need blood. Bonnie appears and she says, you need more than blood, maybe some ointment because gross, referring to his werewolf bite. Mm -hmm. He laughs and he says, do you friends think you're funny? 
Because maybe if you were funny, if you were the one with the good jokes who they could always count on to make them laugh, maybe they'd be cool with letting you live instead of Elena. Which, you know, I see what he's trying to do. I, I can't fault him for it. But it is like they are letting her live instead of Elena. Like We're already there, buddy. Everyone kind of made that decision pretty fast. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of having and hawing. Even Damon, like, he's sad about it. But he's like, well, I'm not going to kill Bonnie. Yeah. And also, to be fair, they have a chance to talk to Elena about it. All of them. And even if they hadn't made that decision, Elena would have been like, just wait 60 years. Elena's like, I've been trying to sacrifice myself for you people for years. So this is a perfect sacrifice because it's temporary. She said, and frankly, I need a break. Yeah, I need a minute. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie says, you're right. Sadistic humor is your thing. I'm just the one that does magic. Uh, she does an aneurysm spell on him, a spell he's never felt before because this is really only for someone who can supernaturally heal. So it actually does hurt him quite a bit. Yeah. And she says, undo the spell, Kai. And he says, I can't. What's done is done. She breaks a couple bones. But then he laughs at her and says, I can't undo the spell, Bonnie. My death made it permanent. Sure. Usually death like releases a spell. I get why we're saying this. Fine. Yeah, I buy this. I buy that he can't undo the spell. He wouldn't if he could. Yes, but I buy that he can't. Doesn't mean there's not a loophole somewhere down the line. Of course he did a spell that he can't easily undo. And even if he could undo it, why would he tell them that? Yeah. Bonnie says, fine. I'll just wait for the werewolf bite to kill you. Kai says, you know what's funny? I made the realization at the same time. I said, "Mm, now wait a second. (laughs) Can't he siphon? Yeah. (laughs) He says... I didn't even know werewolves were real until I got bit by one. Bonnie breaks a leg off a chair, presumably to stake him, although it doesn't look like it's a wood leg, but I'm not going to harp on that. Yeah, I'm not going to harp on that. Hi says, see, the thing is, Bon, the only way a guy turns into a wolf is if it's magic. And he siphons his neck and he says, so technically, their venom's magic too. I just want to say with this, I think at some point early in the werewolf process, I said, couldn't we suck the venom out of the bite? You did, I think. So eventually that one works. Well, this one's not sucking the venom out. It's it's sucking the magic out of the venom. Sure. If you want to, you know, get into semantics, sure. Yeah, fine. (laughs) Fine. I'm wrong. (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) He says, so I just went ahead and siphoned it up. He gets up. She drops the chair leg and he levitates her. She says no. Uh, He says modus and tosses her against the wall magically. So that looks bad. We go back into Elena's mind memory on the road. Damon says, just dance with me. This was supposed to be our big night. Actually, it was supposed to be Alaric and Joe's big night. You were just guests. You were just going to steal it by taking the cure. Yeah. Prematurely. Uh, (laughs) Elena says, tell me, Damon. I can see it all over your face. How bad is it? And Damon says, well, so Kai linked you to Bonnie and you won't wake up until she dies. And and Elena says, what? (laughs) Damon says, he won, Elena. And Elena says, what are you going to do, Damon? It's a test. Yeah. We go back over to the venue. Damon walks in. He finds Kai and Bonnie. You know, Kai's standing there. And Bonnie is gasping for air, literally on the verge of death. And Kai's like, oh, thank God you got here. Damon says, hey. And Kai says, how dumb are you? I deliver you a dying Bonnie Bennett on a silver platter and whoosh, right over your head. Bonnie says, Damon. And Kai says, translation, she's about to croak. Of course, you don't have to help her. You can just walk away. She dies of a collapsed lung, no blood on your hands, and you and Elena get to live the life you've always dreamed of. Either way, you better act quick. You know, he's presenting this like a really big decision. Which, like, Damon's been thinking about it already. <laughs> like, you're not shocking him. Damon looks at Bonnie and says, I'm so sorry, Bonnie. And he kisses her forehead. And she looks surprised. She's like, excuse me? She's like, are you fucking joking? Which I was like, Damon, 
don't fucking do this. Because I was at this point, I was like, Kai's just going to heal her. So then, like, it fucks up their relationship too. Like, I was pissed at him. And then Damon just gets up and walks out. And it's like, Damon, Damon, come back. And Kai looks more confused than anybody. And Kai says, that's it? He just left you? The whole point was that this would torture him for a while. He said he just made that decision so fucking fast. And then Kai says, I mean, you think he'd at least flip a coin. Heads, he picks you. Tails, he picks. And then Damon decapitates Kai with his bare hands. I was shook. I didn't see that one coming at all. I know. Because I really was, I was not trusting Damon. Yeah, you really thought Kai was going to go heal Bonnie. Yeah. Which was a good prediction. Wrong as it was. Damon says, heads it is. Ha ha ha. And then he runs to Bonnie and feeds her some of his blood and says, you thought I was going to leave you all alone, huh? No way. I'm not out of nicknames for you yet. Come on. And he carries her. Very cute. No way to come back from this, Kai. Looks like the end for you. Yeah. Do you think Kai is dead for good? I do think he's dead for good. Hard to say goodbye. I, I, it's sad, but he, he, I mean, he did what he had to do. He fucked a lot of shit up in the time. He really went out with a bang too, which is something yeah. that you do have to admire. Yeah. We go over to the Salvatore house. They have Elena's ass in a coffin. So that's where she's going to hang out for 60-ish years. She's done being a vampire, but they put her right in a coffin anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan opens the door to the house for Bonnie and Caroline. Alaric, Matt, and Tyler are already in the living room. Damon comes in and says, okay, let's do this. You two up first. Bonnie and Caroline say their goodbyes first. And I know we don't need to do a hierarchy thing, but I feel like it's only fair that Tyler go first. Yeah, like let's let's clear some of the easy ones out. But instead, no, we start with the hardest one. Literally. Bonnie and Caroline walk in and they look at her and Caroline says, it's easy, Bonnie. Just take her hand, close your eyes and let her into your thoughts. We go into Elena's mind. Bonnie walks into Elena's room in the Gilbert house Mm -hmm. where she and Caroline are sitting on Elena's bed and laughing. And Bonnie says, are we seriously having a sleepover? And it's just like in season one. It's making me emotional already. I I know. Caroline says, hurry up and get in here. I'm the one who gets to see her again. You should get the better goodbye. Because it is true that, like, Stefan, Damon, Caroline, for all intents and purposes, will be seeing Elena again. As long as they don't die in the next 60 years, which, you know, let's be careful, but... Yeah. Rick, Matt, Jeremy, Tyler. It's a little bit of a toss-up, yeah. Elena says, Caroline, come here. And they hug. And Elena says, take care of everyone while I'm gone, okay? And Caroline says, I will, I promise. And Elena says, promise me something, both of you. And she hands them a journal and says, write it all down. Everything you accomplish in your lives, every crush, when you fall in love, when you start a family, every time you fantasize about wanting to kill Damon, write it down. She said, keep a vampire diary. Keep your very own vampire diary because I'm going to need some shit to read when I get yeah. out. I cannot imagine living for the drama I get to read in a vampire diary. Yeah. 60 years of drama. I'm so excited. Elena says, so that one day when I wake up, I can read all about my best friend's lives and feel like I was there. Making me emotional. I know it's so sad. This is so sad. So beautiful. Because these are girlies. Like, it's the three of them. I know. Bonnie says, I'm so sorry. And Elena says, this isn't your fault. We'll both get everything we want. We just can't have it at the same time. They all hold hands. Caroline gets up and leaves Bonnie and Elena alone, which is nice of her because she will see Elena again. Yeah. For all we know. Mm Mm-hmm. Elena says, Bonnie Bennett, you have spent your entire life making sacrifices for me. Now it's my turn to do it for you. Just very beautiful. I mean, I'm already crying at this point and it's about to get so much fucking harder. Yeah. Elena says, I just have one more favor to ask. And Bonnie says, okay. 
And Elena tears her pillow and takes some feathers out and says, can you do it one last time? I'm like crying again. I know. Just thinking. I literally, I turned away from the screen. I couldn't fucking look at it. Like I was, and it was like heaving sobs. (laughs) Yeah. This is obviously Bonnie lifts the feathers magically, just like the iconic scene in season one. When she first found out she's a witch. Yeah. This is just like a totally beautiful scene for Elena, for their friendship, for this show. I mean, this is what makes this show so good is the emotions, the relationships. Yeah. And this is really the like emotional high point of the episode. And while, you know, I said hierarchy wise, this should be one of, you know, the latter half of goodbyes. I do think it's good that we do this now. So we have a while to cool down. Yeah. And I think it makes sense too, because we've seen kind of the beginning of like four of these goodbyes. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to then just like finish them off, not in rapid succession, but kind of like we do them all after this. Like this is like, look how sad you are. Now listen to the other ones and like settle into it. Yeah. We go over to the bridge. Matt tosses the flowers over the bridge and he's in a cop uniform. And he says, there, I did it. Are you happy? And she says, very. Now it's your turn to be happy. And he says, so I'm a cop, huh? And she says, that's my hope for you, Matt. Really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Dream big. Yeah. In our crazy lives together, you've always stayed the same. Human, loyal, and good. My hope is you spend the rest of your life fighting for people like you. That's a nice spin. Yeah. He says, you know, there's a good chance I'll never see you again. And she says, Matt, look at everything the two of us have survived. I like our odds. And that's very cute. Very sweet thing to say. Yeah. She said, I wouldn't count on you dying. Yeah. She said, I think I'll see you. Yeah. She's like, I think if I am only seeing one person, it would be you. Yeah. In the woods with Alaric, Elena's hugging him because he's breaking down about losing his wife and children. Mm -hmm. As far as we know. Mm -hmm. She says, you're going to think the pain will never end, but it will. But first you have to let it all in. You can't fight it. It's bigger than you. You have to let yourself drown in it. But then eventually you'll start to swim. And every single breath you fight for will make you stronger. And I promise you, you'll beat it. And they hug. She said, let me tell you about grief, King. She said, oh, I have some tips on this one. (laughs) We go over to the Salvatore house outside of Elena's mind. Rick is looking at Elena's body, very sad. And then from behind him, Jeremy says, Alaric. And Alaric says, Jeremy. So Jeremy is back for a moment. To say goodbye. Good to see him. Jeremy says, I tried to be here sooner. I wanted to be here for the wedding. And Rick says, well, actually, you know, I'm glad you weren't. And then he hugs him. (laughs) Jeremy looks at Elena and holds her hand. And we go into Elena's mind to the stoner area of Mystic Falls High School, where they did have that scene in season five, where they actually earlier this season where they were bonding. Eating French fries, being high. Elena says, you made it. And they hug. And Jeremy says, three canceled flights. I could have walked here faster. And Elena starts to cry now. And she says, I was doing so well. Sorry, I want to at least pretend to be strong for you. And Jeremy says, hey, when you do wake up, I want you to know I spent my life doing exactly what I felt I was born to do. And I was happy. He can't even tell her the truth in this. Yeah, she's like, oh, art school's that good? She said, yeah, you love art. And he says, sure. Yes, (laughs) I do. And I'm happy because now I don't have to fake it as much because no one else was asking to see my art. It was just you. It was just you. I have some free time that I don't have to spend on paintings. Yeah. Elena nods and hugs him. We go to some like dungeony area where Tyler is like locking himself up. And he says, where are we in this vision of yours? And Elena says, not here, not in Mystic Falls. You need to get out of here, Tyler. You need to figure out what it is you want to do, who you want to be, and then really fight for it. 
You're going to be fine, Tyler. You're a wolf now. Don't fight it. Embrace it. Let it be the thing that makes you extraordinary. She's like, you need to get out of here. We already saw this storyline. Yeah, you need to get out of here. It's not season two anymore. We don't give a fuck. It's really not that interesting. And don't be a cop because that's Matt's thing now. So, you know, find something else. Maybe move to Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. What do you think Tyler is going to find? Anything? Or do you think is your theory that he's leaving? I think he's leaving. I I think he's going to find some other wolves to be with. He always liked teaching other wolves how to, you know, not be in as much pain when they turn or whatever. So I I think he'll just find a different, a wolf family, essentially. Sure. We go over to the Salvatore house. Tyler smiles and walks away. And then Stefan walks to Elena and holds her hand and cries. It's Stefan's turn. Time to bring out the big guns. Yeah. So we go back over to the waterfall where Stefan and Elena are hiking in Elena's mind. And Elena says, thanks for bumping into me that day in the hallway. I never thought I'd ever be happy again. And then I met you. You changed everything for me. You quite literally saved my life. I love you so much, which is why I can't wait to find out what new life you've chosen for yourself in 60 or 70 years when I see you again. He says, I can guarantee it won't be high school. Ha ha ha. Can you though? Yeah, I'm not sure. Let's not make promises. <laughs> <laughs> she says, just be happy. He said, I'm trying. He said, girl, don't you think if I could do that, I would have already. She says, I'll see you soon. And he says, I'll see you soon, Elena. Again, this is why Stelena should not be endgame, but what a beautiful space yeah. they have in each other's hearts. Beautiful space. I, and I don't think they'll be seeing each other. Not until the other side of the afterlife or whatever. Because you have your theory that- I have my theory that he'll be- he'll. Him dying will bring her back. Gotcha. So can't really overlap. We go over to the storage containers. Lily is distraught because she cannot find anybody. It's the next day at this point. Like it's over. Like, girl, I promise you've looked at every storage container that you know of. (laughs) Enzo approaches and Lily says, Lorenzo, you came back. You must think me such a monster. And he says, we're all monsters in some way, I suppose. Also, I have no other friends. He says, no one invited me to the big Elena goodbye party, so. I don't have anything to say to her anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't really we didn't really click. Yeah. Lily says, my life before my friends was misery. Even as a mother and as a wife, I never felt whole. And then I found these people and I felt a part of something. It's like, girl, we heard. Yeah, girl, <laughs> I got it. She says, can you understand that just a little? He says, I can. He can't. He doesn't have any friends like this. He he can imagine it, but he can't understand it. (laughs) He says, I've been searching for that my whole life. Maybe you found it with this group. I guess we'll see. Enzo for yourself. Bonnie's right there. She needs needs a friend. Enzo looks at something and Lily says, oh, what is it? And Enzo says, that building, it wasn't there last night. They walk to it and they go in. And Enzo says, Kai must have had this cloaked. And then he died. And this is absolutely hysterical that Kai brought these people back and he was fully just going to have their asses in Visequade. <laughs> he hated these people so much. He was like, thanks for getting me out. Fuck you all. Yeah. No one gets to win but me. Yeah, he, he said, I don't really care what happens to you people. Yeah, he's like, I don't really care for you guys. Like, I need to be kind of the main issue for the Gemini Coven. <laughs> and even if they're dead, like you guys are just going to mix it up. We see the shadow of a 1903 person. And Lily says, it can't be. And then we see all their shadows. Lily says, Lorenzo, it's our family. And they're all like, who the hell is Lorenzo? <laughs> they're like, what do you mean? Uh? <laughs> and Lily hugs them all. So we don't see anyone yet. 
obviously they haven't cast the actors yet. Well, I guess these are Geminis. So maybe the Gemini bloodline isn't done. Although the Gemini witch bloodline seems pretty done. I guess that is almost a plot hole. Let's not talk about it. Shouldn't they technically die when Kai died too? I would assume that it's like when they turned, it severed the witch bloodline, but they got to keep the magic. Actually, I bet that is what it is, is that when they turned, it severed the witch bloodline, but they can still siphon, which is probably what happened to Kai too. Anyway, mystery solved. This is Grace coming at you live from when I'm editing this episode. I'm so fucking stupid because obviously this isn't a plot hole at all. Obviously, when someone turns into a vampire, they have to die. Kai killing himself can't kill them because they're already dead. I'm saying it like, oh, sever the witch bloodline. Shut up, Grace. Are you an idiot? When someone turns into a vampire, they die. Anyway, I just had to come on and record this so you guys know I'm not a total idiot at the end of season six. Okay, back to the episode. We go over to the Salvatore Mausoleum. Stefan and Damon have moved Elena's coffin into the mausoleum. I would be like, you're leaving me in this musty-ass mausoleum? Don't y'all have extra bedrooms? Like, don't you want to come say hi once in a while? Yeah, if we're going to spell me shut anyway, like... (laughs) Why does it need to be in a mausoleum? I'm already in a coffin. (laughs) Yeah, come on. You guys know I'm not dead, right? I'm not sure you do. (laughs) Can't you just put me in a bed in a room? Not to talk about logistics... But, like, what if Bonnie unexpectedly dies and everyone's out of town? Would Elena just suffocate in that coffin? Well, and can't you put me in, like, a cunty little Snow White clear bed? Like, wouldn't that be cutie? You can look at how pretty and young I stay, even though I'm a human. Like, wouldn't that be kind of fun for you guys? I mean, it'd be fun for me, certainly. I mean, we know realistically that the reason they do that is because Nina Dobrev can't be there. Yeah. We can't see them hang out with her because then she'd have to be on the show. Yeah. But I would ask for, you know, a a cute little, like a sleeping beauty situation. I would too. This is kind of a sleeping beauty situation, but more Dracula-y. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a vampire show. Lean into it. Stefan says, do you think she'll be safe here? If you're worried about that, don't put her in the building with your name on it, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, put her in like the cell mausoleum. Yeah. Stefan says, if word gets out that her body has the cure inside, Every vampire who wants to be a human will come busting through that door. Will they? How about you just tell them it's in Nova Scotia? Or just be like, yeah, like this girl took the cure, but then she immediately died because this witch killed her. Or don't tell anyone. I mean, I understand Lily knows and that's like an uncontrollable factor, but the rest of you could keep this information locked up. And it doesn't seem that Lily has any interest in spreading this information. And also just say like, if someone says, oh, I heard she's got the cure in her. Nope, she took the cure and then she died. That's why she's in a coffin. Yeah. Why would we keep someone who's not dead in a coffin? Yeah. Damon says, Bonnie will spell it shut. We're under strict orders not to open it for anyone. Strict that's, orders, but you could still do it. Like That's what they're like. I was like, you could leave this ambiguous and let me pretend that Damon talks to her. But no. They want us to know, like, Nina Dobrev's not coming back. Everyone get over it. She's in this fucking coffin now. We're not doing little scenes with her. Like, she's in there. Stefan says, I guess that means, and Damon says, it's time for me to say goodbye. So Stefan pats Damon's shoulder and he goes. So we go back again to Damon's goodbye. Damon says, you could have just told me what to do. And Elena says, I knew what you were going to do. And Damon says, you knew the evil, selfish Damon Salvatore would give up the love of his life to save her best friend. And she says, I knew the love of my life would stand by his best friend, even if it meant having to live without me for a little while. And they kiss. Hmm, yummy. Love. 
love, Delena. Damon says things are going to be awfully dull around here without you. I wish that were true, King. If only. She says, no, they're not, Damon, because you're not going to sit around waiting for me. And he's like, oh, I was thinking of doing the starvation diet. Desiccation makes the time go faster. He's like, I'm just going to desiccate myself. (laughs) Elena says, Damon, this isn't going to work if you just shut down. I need you to live your life. Enjoy yourself. I want you to be happy. Now, how about that dance? And they dance and hug. Well, we have them slow dancing. Our main top tier couple of the show. Julie Plex says, we're passing the torch. No more Delena bitches. Get on board with Steriline, you Claroline yeah. bitches. Yeah, she was like, you guys keep getting mad at me that Delena are getting in fights. We're done getting in fights. They're together and they're happy in their corner. We're moving on. We go over to the Forbes house. Caroline comes downstairs and Stefan is at the door and they smile at each other. All throughout this Stefan and Caroline scene, we see Elena and Damon dancing. It's a very cutie scene to watch. They're, they're fully choreographed. They're doing some moves. They're doing some dips. I mean, it's... It's fun. At the Forbes house, Stefan says, Yesterday, you told me you made a list of all the ways that loving me has ruined your life. And I get it. I haven't made it easy on you. No, you haven't, King. It's been tough. I've been in the trenches. He's been pulling teeth with you. Stefan says, But I made a list, too, of all the ways that loving you has changed mine. You were by my side when I needed a friend. You made me laugh. You made me dance. You told me I would find love again. And I understand if you need time to heal and live your life without me. I understand if I have to wait for you. And I will. I'll wait. And when you're ready for me, I will be ready for you. He kisses her cheek. Mmm, yummy. And he leaves. And this obviously affects her. She's got a smile on her face. She's like, oh, hell yeah. Is it okay? I'll I'll wait a little, but not that long. Yeah, she's like, "Mm, I'll see you in maybe mm, 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I can make it that far. <laughs> I'm healed now. I'm all ready. <laughs> we go back into Elena's memory. Damon and Elena finish their dance. And Elena says, are you ready for this? And Damon says, ready to spend the next 60 years of my life without you in it? Who's ever going to be ready for that? She says, I love you, Damon Salvatore. He says, I love you too. He dips her. They kiss. It's very stunning, beautiful. Iconic Delena moment. Perhaps our last iconic per- Delena Perhaps moment. our last. <laughs> And then we go over to the mausoleum and we see the coffin and they do like a time lapse. We can see that time is passing because plants are dying. Candles are burning down. Snow is falling. Time is passing, but it's not quite clear how much. Well, we see one season of snow and trees grow. So I think it's safe to say it's a year is my, you know, assumption. Okay. Based on the outside, I, I do think potentially those weren't happening at the same time. And maybe it's like one year that we see inside, one year that we see outside, but it takes less than a year for all those flowers to die. So I think we're looking at one to two years. Okay. We go over to the town square and it's not looking good. It's not the glamorous Mystic Falls it once was. It's all fucked up. It kind of looks like a tornado has crashed through, uh, you know, maybe some type of magic storm. There's big ads on all the buildings. Uh, so, you know, crime has found its way in. Windows are boarded up. There's garbage everywhere, messes. There's a cop car driving around, and it's Matt. And he's the only person we see in town, except for up on the top of the clock tower, Damon is standing there, looking menacing. And that's where we end the episode and the season. So let's first talk about this end of the episode. What's happening here? What happened to Mystic Falls? You already said you think it's about a year in the future. Will we stay in that time frame? Will we be going to that time frame? What happened to get us to this point in Mystic Falls? 
I think we are going to jump to this time frame and, you know, see some flashback. Not to make this guess again, but I think the heretics took over Mystic Falls. Really? Now, whether they are legitimately mayors or not, like, something turned this town, and I think the heretics are our next big villain. Why do you think the heretics want Mystic Falls? Same reason the travelers do a place to settle, a place to be family. Why can't other people be there for that? They can be there. I just think they made the town less inviting. Okay. I don't think like to kick people out. Like I think they just did what they liked and other people left or, you know, they killed a bunch of people because, you know, there's a chance they're rippers. Interesting. So what's uh, Matt doing patrolling? I think this is after a particularly bad magic storm something. Sure. Because things are pretty fucked up in a way that looks tornado-ish rather than just like, it looks like tornado-ish combined with like the city's gone into to disarray. And so Damon standing menacing up there, it's just him standing. I didn't read him as menacing. Sure. I read him as like patrolling this the situation, like what has happened to our town. Okay. That brings us into my next, into one of my other questions, which is the heretics. What is their plan? What are they going to do? Do you think they're going to be our next major villains? Like what's going to happen? Will they kind of peter off? Will we meet all of them? I think we'll meet all of them. I think they may not all last very long, but I think this idea of Lily having this separate family and like she's built them up to be this very perfect family. I don't think that's the situation. I've brought up some, you know, issues with them. And I think particularly the heretics, you know, they've been living in a prison world for a hundred some odd years doing whatever they want. They have to adjust to modern life where they can't just kill everyone and they may not adjust to that super well. Sure. We've already set up Matt to be anti-vampire. Mm-hmm. And we've already cleared out all the Geminis who might know something about what to do with heretics. Yeah. And I think, you know, we got a little bit of like, let's protect our town of Mystic Falls with the Traveler spell. But I think that will continue to be a theme, especially because like, that's where Elaine is at. Even if it's spelled shut, they can all do magic. And don't get me wrong. I don't think any of the heretics want the cure, would have any interest in that. Because, hello, then they can't do any magic unless they're siphoning. But it's still, you know, good to not have them, like, around everyone. And also because I'm sure Stefan and Damon aren't, like, wanting to see their mom with her family that she loves so much more than them. And, you know, I think Enzo's in for an interesting situation because he wants a family and that's what Lily is offering to him. Do you think Enzo is going to join up with the heretics or do you think he's going to stick with our heroes? I think he's going to start by joining up with heretics, but I think it's not going to be what he envisions because I think if he could pick, he would pick our heroes to be friends with, but he's kind of burned those bridges a bit. He seems to be, you know, more forgiving and kind to Lily than other people. Do you think he has some allegiance to Lily? I think he just has, you know, she offered him a family. I think he falls for that every time because if he wants one thing, it's love. And I think Lily is the only person in his life who's offered him that. Do you think he wants Lily as a mommy or a girlfriend or both? Mommy. Mommy. I do consider the girlfriend angle, but Bonnie's right there, buddy. We got to get that moving. Okay. Now that we have Sterline in the main couple spot, we do need a B couple. And I I don't mean that to disparage you at all because Sterline may have been the B couple, but that didn't make them any less of a strong couple. We can't just have one couple. That's not... Yeah, that's not how this works. And who else is going to couple off at this point? Matt? Alaric? You all have put Bonnie with some stinkers. Some real, real stinkers. And it is time for Enzo. 
it's it's time. I think Enzo's going to be with the Heretics for a while. I do think the Heretics set up as a family will be less family and more cult. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're a cult member, that feels like a family. Yeah, exactly. That's the appeal of cults. That's why you joined. But I do think Enzo, I think he'll fall for it for a bit, but not for long. Sure. And, you know, Damon doesn't have a little girlfriend anymore, so he could work on his friendships. That's true. So let's let's get a Damon Enzo alert grouping together. None of y'all have any bitches, so... So bromance time. Let's hang out. <laughs> do you think Damon's going to date anyone else, or do you think he's going to wait the whole time for Elena? I think he's going to wait the whole time. Okay. I think I've said this in the past. I know there are a contingent of people who ship Bonnie and Damon, which I understand. But I know I know they never kiss, for a fact. I'm not not a Damon and Bonnie shipper. I sort of support it, but I also... Like, you see the vision. I'm not like a shipper. I do see the vision, though, obviously. How can I not? Uh, yeah, that's the thing. I I am not against that coupling if Elena were fully dead. Yeah. I think the sleep makes it tricky. But I have to, I have to stand, Elena. I have to stand beside them. Yeah. I also want to talk about... We've talked a lot about, is Joe dead for good? What's up with Joe's babies, if anything? I do want to ask you, how do you think this will affect Rick? Well, uh, I, he's got one good friend there to support him, and that's Bourbon. Yeah. Uh, I do think the alcoholism is not getting better anytime soon. Certainly. But I also think if it's been a year, there's a little bit of time to you know get past the worst of the grief. Sure. But I do think he's in a weird spot because, you know, he's been somewhat of a father figure, somewhat of a friend to these people. Mm-hmm. But the two that he's really been the father figure for the most are off the show. That's Jeremy and Elena. So it's kind of like, where's his role anymore? Like he is Damon's friend, but it's like, don't you have somewhere else you should be? I do think the occult studies thing could still be helpful as we deal with the heretics and, you know, other magic that we may want to try to undo. I don't think they'll immediately be like, we need to figure out how to solve this Elena curse because honestly, they know she's not coming back. So why waste time trying to solve it in season seven? I think maybe they'll get to that in season eight. You know, mm-hmm. I think some other stuff will be happening. I think he'll still be around, but I, don't, I just don't really know what his role is at this point. And I don't think he knows either. Now let's talk about the biggest thing we have to talk about in season six, which is the fact that this was... Nina Dobrev's last episode. Elena's asleep. Let's talk about in terms of the show first, and then we'll talk about in terms of Nina Dobrev herself. Mm -hmm. In terms of Elena, will we see her again? Will we reference this coffin at all? Will we see the coffin, or will we just essentially have no interaction with Elena at all for the rest of the show? Will we ever see her again? And where does the show go from here without its main character? Yeah, I think we'll have very little interaction with this coffin. Sure. I do think we may like refer to it, as much as like the coffin can be there with no one in it. Yeah. So we can see the coffin. We can see the setup. I do think there may be like small moments where she like pops in for things. But I think essentially we're waiting for the end of the series for us to wrap up. And I do think at the end of the series, we'll get to see her like live out her life in a set, like a bit like a quick version, like a montage version. Sure. A human life with Damon, I assume. In terms of where the show goes, I think this does open up a lot of like magic possibilities of like what can happen magically. I think the cure is still something that we could play with. I don't, I think the cure and her having it and her getting out that kind of spell stuff will have to be saved for season eight. It's hard to say like how exactly 
will work in this other, all these other characters. I think we will shift to a pretty strong focus. Not that the, this hasn't been the focus, but I think it's going to be a pretty big focus on brotherhood and the Salvatore is continuing because we still have Lily around. She's still complicating things. I still think there's a chance Sarah is going to be around in some way because we brought her up. So I do think there's time to get more into the Salvatore family side. A lot of focus on Stefan and Caroline. There's some stuff to be done, you know, still with survivor's guilt of like Bonnie being here that she'll have to deal with. And I think Bonnie and Damon will have a lot of bonding to do because of, you know, both of their drama with this. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Interesting. Now let's talk about Nina Dobrev. Mm -hmm. So FYI, Nina Dobrev announced via Instagram that she was leaving The Vampire Diaries after six seasons. She announced this on April 6th, 2015, and this finale aired May 14th, 2015. So okay. fans watching this finale knew this was going to be her last episode. Mm-hmm. She posted on Instagram, Dearest TVD family, I've just spent the most beautiful weekend on Lake Lanier in Georgia with my own TVD family, the cast and crew of The Vampire Diaries. I want to be the first to tell you that it wasn't just a holiday celebration. It was a goodbye party. I always knew I wanted Elena's story to be a six-season adventure. And within those six years, I got the journey of a lifetime. I was a human, a vampire, a doppelganger, a crazy immortal, a doppelganger pretending to be human, a human pretending to be a doppelganger. I got kidnapped, killed, resurrected, tortured, cursed, body snatched, was dead and undead, and there's still so much more to come before the season finale in May. Elena fell in love not once, not but twice with two epic soulmates and I myself made some of the best friends I'll ever know and built an extended family I will love forever. So that's her public statement. Mm -hmm. Let's dig into that. Number one, it's important to know that at the beginning of this show, all the main characters would have signed six season contracts. That's how TV shows work. Yeah. And at the end of six seasons, they got the choice to renew or not. Or, you know, the show got the choice to renew them or not. Nina Dobrev chose not to renew. Michael Trevino also chose not to renew. Okay. I will confirm. And Stephen McQueen's was not renewed by Julie Plack. Rude. Because, Rude. and they I talked mean, he about wasn't this. doing anything. Yeah, they talked but... about this in interviews, Michael Trevino and Stephen McQueen particularly. They talked about, Julie Plack said like, we already saw the Hunter's storyline with Jeremy. We didn't need to see it again. Yeah. And Michael Trevino felt like he was going to be doing a repetitive storyline if he stayed. So they yeah. left for similar reasons. It does kind of suck that Michael Trevino left at the same time Nina Dobrev did because he's not getting a goodbye episode. Yeah. They said, and Tyler's gone. And he was also <laughs> like kind of petering off this whole time anyway. Yeah. It's been well documented that the reason, I mean, well documented, long speculated, that the reason Nina Dobrev wanted to leave was to get movie roles and to be a movie star. Yeah. It was not that she always knew Elena's storyline wanted to be six seasons. Like, girl, she didn't have the six seasons planned out. I get why she said it. And the truth is, we have to remember that when they're shooting this show, they're not shooting this show in L.A. They're yeah. shooting this show in Covington, Georgia. So it's hard to do other roles while you're doing it. Yes. And you have to also remember for Nina Dobrev, she did The Vampire Diaries immediately after doing Degrassi. So she mm-hmm. wanted to do roles that were not teenagers. Yeah. And she, you know, maintains that it was always her plan from the get go to leave after six seasons. We can make a decision whether we believe it or not. Well, that makes sense. She knew that was how long her contract was. And I think, you know, she saw the fan reaction to season five, I'm sure. And also, like, she's working in a love story all the time with her ex-boyfriend. Who's now newly married to his wife. Yeah. I do think the reason she left is to be a movie star. And, you know, 
love Nina Dobrev to death. She is in movies, but I don't think her career yeah. took off the way she hoped it would, which I believe is wrong because she's a fantastic actress. But it happens to a lot of people who are on big shows and leave to be bigger. Like Roger Sean Page. What are you booking, King? You thought you were so much better than Bridgerton? I need you to start booking, King. I really need you to start booking. <laughs> yeah. You really acted like you were going to pop off. I'm glad she moved along. She said, look, this is enough of Elena. Well, and it's good to get out while the getting's good. Let's be honest. Yeah, I've always thought if I was someone who was on like a long running TV show, you could not kick me off that show if if I had anything to do with it. I'm yeah. getting those checks as long as I can. But I understand if you're like an actor and it's your art form, like wanting to make a different decision. But like, I think about the people on Bones, they stuck that shit out. They said, this is my one time to be on a TV show this long. You cannot kill me. The people on Grey's Anatomy, mm-mm. they said, I'm here. Let's talk about the character of Elena. Yeah. It's popular to make fun of Elena because it is a little easy to make fun of Elena. Yeah. But Elena is a truly wonderful character. I love her. And again, the main gripe with Elena is that she's self-centered, to which I always say, if you went through the events of the first three seasons where you are literally the key to everything, I'm sorry, how are you not self-centered? I would be more self-centered. Yeah, I'd be worse for sure. And you have two vampires who are immortal, who are like super hot, who are both like obsessed with you. No, I'm, it's going to my head. Yeah, sorry. I understand that complaint. And, you know, I think particularly in the past couple seasons, it's been a little harder. But even like I've been saying the end of this season, I'm standing her again. Yeah. I still have stand moments with her. Like, yeah, she does some bullshit, but she's fun. Yeah. And do I think there are other characters who are more standable? Sure. Mm-hmm. I personally think Elena is more standable than Catherine, but I understand the people who think Catherine is more standable than Elena. I mean, Catherine couldn't lead. I, and I know it's Nina Dobrev in both places. Catherine mm-hmm. couldn't lead a show the way Elena does. And this is Catherine's gripe with Elena, by the yes. way. People don't fawn over Catherine the same way they fawn over Elena. Mm-hmm. Catherine usually is the one who's the center of attention, but Elena has something going on. People do fawn over Catherine, but Catherine has to manipulate them to do so. Elena's yeah. just being herself, which yeah. I mean, I can imagine for Catherine, that's got to be pain. Yeah, that pissed me off because I'm out here. I'm Catherine. I have so much fucking hair on my head. <laughs> I'm wearing heels every day. I'm looking hot. And this bitch in Converse and Henley's is like gagging me. He's eating my ass up. Like is stealing the people that I've been fucking with for a century. And she just took them right out from under me. I'd be pissed too. And then she cures me. Yeah. I'm not even a vampire. And she yeah. doesn't even want to be a vampire. Yeah, she wanted that cure, but she is such a bitch to me that she still gave it to me. Oh, I'd be mad. So standable, Elena. And Elena is so, I think it's underappreciated because of what role she plays on the show, but she's like such a smart person. Like she really is a survivor at the end of the day. And like there have been many situations where as a human and as a vampire, but I think as a human, it's, you know, more Mm -hmm. impressive that she gets out of situations like, you know, Catherine's always slippery, but Elena is just like able to figure things out. Like if she were a human the whole time, she would have been the same fucking thing as Matt. Like you cannot kill her. Even now they couldn't kill her. Yeah, I will say, and I don't want to inform your opinion, but I think you know this. There's a reason that season seven and eight are widely accepted to be the worst of the show. I mean, I expect when Elena leaves that it'll get worse because Elena is the center of the show for better or for worse. Like, am I a bigger Caroline Stan? Sure. Yeah. But like, 
Elena's the heart of the show. Elena brings these people together in a way that no one else could. They've done a good job of making these relationships grow over the years so that Caroline and Stefan are close and Bonnie and Damon are close and that like they're all working together. But Elena is still the connector of all these people. Yeah. But we'll see how the show goes without her. I think it'll still be fun and there will be good moments. I don't expect these to be seasons that I'm like as big of a fan of. It's the same thing as The Office, you know, like I still watch the seasons after Steve Carell left and there are fun moments, but like obviously objectively, it's better when he's on it. To be fair, any show that goes on this long, the later seasons are going to be worse. There's just no way around it. Yeah. But yeah, without the lead, it's going to change the show fundamentally. And like, you know, you can make arguments about Paul Wesley and Ian Summerholder also being the leads, which they are. But like Elena is like the lead. Elena is like a catalyst for their relationship for Damon and Stefan's relationship in so Mm -hmm. many ways. So their relationship works without her, but only because she was there to set it up. And I do think there's still like, I don't like, I obviously don't think they will be like touch, like going to the coffin all that much, but I do think there's still like a lot to talk about in terms of Elena and what they mean to these people. Like, it's not like, it's not like she's going to not ever be brought up. Like, yeah. (laughs) So let's talk overall thoughts on season six. Again, after season five, Highs and lows, because it started strong, ended... Fell on its face. Um, Yeah, fell on its face is a great way to say it. Season six is, A, much more widely revered among fans. Like, fans like season six more than season five, obviously. There's great reasons for it. We've got the Parkers. Season six started with, if we'll remember, Bonnie and Damon in the 1994 prison world. We didn't know much about it at the time. Stefan was living in Savannah, being a bitch ass. Elena had a drug problem. Yeah, and we hadn't even met Joe. And let's not even forget, at the beginning of the season, we had Liam. So overall, do you like season six? Was this a good season of the show? Oh, yeah. I would rank this above five, obviously. But I would also rank this above season four, which I know you wouldn't. I wouldn't. Well, here's the thing. I was thinking about this recently. And we can talk more about rankings of the seasons, obviously, once we finish all of them. But Mm -hmm. I have rankings of, like, what seasons are my favorite versus what I think are the best. Like, season four is my favorite season, but I think unequivocally season three is the best season. Yeah. This is how my favorites would go. Four, three, two, six, one, five. I think I I don't feel super comfortable going which one is three, like three versus two, because I kind of lean two, but I'm not sure if that's correct because I haven't, you know, we watched them the same amount. But trust your instinct for now. But my current instinct is two, three, one and six are pretty close, honestly. And four and five. And I loved four. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like, I, I actually think it might be two, three, six in my top three. I mean, I love season six. I mean, I will say when we get to ranking villains, love K- Catherine and Klaus as I do. I would rank Kai above them villain wise. I would go Klaus, Kai, Catherine, I think. I would go Kai, Klaus, Catherine. I'm a Klaus stan for the end of time. I mean, I'm a Klaus stan, but also... I think of Klaus and Kai different because Kai is kind of more an unapologetic villain where Klaus is more of an anti-hero. I do think character-wise I'm ranking Klaus above Kai, but villain-wise I think Kai is the scariest of the villains. Yes. And I think, again, this is what's great about what they did with Kai here because the Travelers were bad for a number of reasons. We talked about it at length. It's that they were not really threatening. There was a big group. They weren't really specific. But Kai, what's great about the Gemini Coven storyline in general is, again, it's lowering the stakes to raise them, which Mm -hmm. is that this is one coven. It doesn't really affect the world at large. It just kind of affects Mm -hmm. these people who are important to our heroes. And Kai is just really 
truly scary for that. And that's another great addition of Lily, though we're not done with Lily yet, is that we're not just finding some like weird random ripper who's with the heretics. It's their mother. It's a personal connection. Whether that pays off or not remains to be seen. But they did something different with this season than what they did with season five. They learned a lot from the mistakes of season five here. One thing that I really liked that they did with Kai was they kind of gave him like a fake out redemption arc because every other villain we've gotten a redemption arc from them Mm -hmm. that like we eventually get to it. Kai, it's like they do it. And then as soon as he gets trapped again, he's like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Like, no, I was right the first time. I like that they did that. And I do also like, I think they've done with varying levels of success. Sometimes storylines go on a little long. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like the Catherine storyline, the class storyline, like if anything, they could have gone more Klaus for me. Don't I know it? That's why they spun off. But that's why they spun off. And I think they did a similar thing with Kai here where they like they cut him in this season in a way that it's such a perfect arc that he did that they don't have to come up with some other bullshit after this that ruins that arc. I think they learned from Catherine to like kind of quit while you're ahead. They said we're he's coming in with a bang, going out with a bang, we're done. It's better to do that than to drag him out. Yeah, they quit while they were ahead here for sure. Mm-hmm. I think some of the best moments, of course, like this whole wedding. Just incredible stuff. A high stakes personal event with a high mm-hmm. stakes villain event. And I do think Caroline's anti-humanity arc is really fun. I was just looking back the fucking corn maze crash. That was good. Or like a lurks turned back into a human is was such an interesting like subversion of magic and medicine in a way that like, you know, we were going into Elena's story time with that. And I will say, I totally forgot this happened this season when... Kai siphons the anti-magic spell out of Mystic Falls. Mm-hmm. That is fun, fun, fun. That is fun, fun, fun. The whole trip storyline, like he was such a sad sack and Matt learned nothing from it. I giggle, giggled. I mean, there are, I will say, some bad moments here. The ones that come to mind, Elena erasing those damn memories. Now talk about a storyline that went on too long. Yeah, that one, that one did piss me off. I'll love to Elena. I do think... I love you, Enzo, so much. But the whole Enzo-Sarah storyline, another one that went on way, way, way too long. Yes, and I, what I understand about that storyline is, like, if they don't give that to Enzo, what else is he going to do? So yeah. I get why they're doing it. And I'm happy that by doing it, Enzo stays on the show as long as he does. Yeah. Because I think they very easily could have just, like, abandoned Enzo after last season. And I'm glad they didn't. But yeah. I do think that storyline, again, I said it while we were watching it. How is this any of your business? And I think that's, I don't want to say this in a mean way, a benefit of Elena going is we need to connect Enzo with people and Damon is his connection in. And Damon was busy being in love. Yes, exactly. Not that like I want Elena to go for that reason, but I do think that helps Enzo have some storylines. Exactly. Also, you know, the whole Liz Forbes having cancer. I actually totally forgot about that. <laughs> Until I was but reading them, I was like, oh, yeah, she I was died. Like, oh, what was happening? There? I was like, oh, yeah, Liz Forbes died. I mean, truly heartbreaking. This is another great season of character deaths because so deaths were so strong in season one and season two because they were so permanent. Mm-hmm. In three, four and five, we have a lot of deaths and very few of them are permanent. So the stakes of death are significantly lowered. All love. Particularly in season five, they kind of uh, like way too many deaths, way too many deaths in season five that didn't stick. And we're not afraid by the end of season five that Damon and Bonnie are going to be dead for good because we know that's not the show we're in the business of. Yeah. So what I love about season six is the permanent deaths they do have. 
Luke, yeah. Joe, Kai, Liz, all these people yeah. I'm calling permanent at the end of season six, obviously. Yeah. I'm not confirming or denying I'm, anything. I mean, I'm I'm still thinking Joe's dead, but I just can't give it up quite yet. Yeah. But so they bring back a lot of permanent deaths that are really effective. And I mean, even Elena, in a way, yeah. is a death. Yeah. So it brings back these really high stakes death again, which is something we've been missing from this show for quite some time. Let's be honest. Yeah. And it brings back like this struggle between life and death, death more regularly. You know, we see a almost die. We see, you know, multiple of them almost die because of the anti-magic border. It takes Tyler a whole season to trigger the werewolf curse. I thought he was triggering it in like episode three. I know you really thought he was going to be triggered before that. I was like any day now, any day now. So, you know, we have a lot of like death fake outs. We have a lot of significant deaths. We have a lot of like kind of crazy deaths. I mean, any decapitation death is crazy, but especially Kai getting decapitated is insane. Truly shocking. All he did. Yeah. And overall, I mean, obviously it doesn't seem like we are done with Lily yet. Overall, the storyline of Lily is, I think, something that does bring this season down a little bit. I don't hate it. I don't love it. Like, I get why we're doing it, but it's not my favorite. I think there's some interesting stuff with it, but it can feel like, oh, you just needed a new character and you're like, I haven't touched the mom yet. Yeah. Let's pull her out, you know? Like, Stephanie Damon's mom could be a vampire. Yeah. Like, I guess so. But like, I guess. Like, I like the possibility of the heretics and that kind of different type of magic that can be interesting because I thought Kai was such an interesting, like, type of magic to interact with i do wish we got to see some kai vampire times yeah i think that's good they left us wanting more with him yeah another great scene six moment sterling kiss baby sterling sex scene sterling sex scene we did it queens <laughs> we did it joe literally we did it joe sterling stands we got to eat mm, yummy. so let's go into predictions for season seven what are your predictions for the heretics that seems to be the first thing we're going to touch without kai there I want to bring up two contrasting things because we've talked about villains in general. And we talked about the epic failure that was a group of villains called the Travelers. We didn't really get to know any of them. wasn't very specific. Dud all around. We also have a couple other groups of villains we've had before. Tomb vampires. Mm -hmm. A couple standouts, mostly a conglomerate. Not very scary. Partial slay, but partial dud as well. And then another group of villains we had, the originals. Yeah. We got to know everyone really well. They were scary. All around, huge success. Where in that spectrum do you think the heretics will fall? The heretics, from the information we have, seem to fall in a place just from what I know. Yeah. In that tomb vampire to traveler space. Sure. They could be more than that, but that's, you know, there are a lot of parallels to the tomb vampires with them. I do think this is going to be more effective if we don't deal with all six. I think we may need to thin this herd a little bit. Sure. Which may just be that a couple of them get killed or are killed. I think there could be some infighting among them that leads to that. I think there's a lot to play with in terms of what this family means. And like Lily is so trusting, so believing in this family. And I think that's a misread. Now, whether that's something she got manipulated into, maybe that's like something she's manipulating. Like I'm not really okay. sure where she falls in the, hierarchy of this family she's certainly not esther and i think there's a potential too that this is like a pastor young council situation okay you know that is lily pastor young no okay but that we start out with like oh here's this huge group of villains and it's like actually no like this sets a scene for it but it's not sure 
you know, an actual villain. How many heretics do you will, do you think will be like our main heretics that we deal with? Not counting Lily, let's say. I think two. I mean, we only heard two names. That's worth pointing out. I was going to say she's only calling out for Valerie and Malcolm. Who the hell are the others? If I'm one of the other four, I'm like, I'm here too, cunt. Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, like, okay, we get it. You want to see Valerie and okay, Malcolm. I guess we know who the favorites are, bitch. Like, literally. And, you know, there can also be resentment of who desiccated first. How long have they been desiccating? How did we pick who desiccated? Did everyone agree on that? Or did people get forced? I do think as much as Lily is like, this is my family. I think we've got a lot of interpersonal issues here we can deal with it's hard because they're a group of villains who may not be as connected but we do have the Damon and Stefan connection that ties them to her and there may also be like they I'm sure know maybe not maybe she never brought it up that they have that she has sons that's a good question I wonder if they do know she has sons they may not think very highly of her sons she might have been talking shit she might have been talking shit I'm sure she was talking shit about Giuseppe and she was like my sons probably turned out just like him like so I think there is a possibility that they're after Stefan and Damon a little bit. I do think that could to, uh, via too easily into the tomb vampire space again. Sure. But I do think we're going to limit that. Like, I think we're cutting down that size. Interesting. There's going to be a culling in the first episode, I think. Sure. Do you think any of them will be iconic slay queens or kings? No. No. I, I okay. think they'll be fine. I think that's a fair prediction. Like, I, I think Lily is about as slay as we're getting from them. Okay. All the love in the world. Any other predictions for season seven? Will we get new characters other than heretics? Will anyone die? Will anyone fall in love? Will we be in a time jump from the from the jump? I think we'll be in a time jump from the jump. I think it'll be, I said one to two years, maybe get us all out of college. We're all in Mystic Falls again. Okay. Will Steriline fall in love and be okay? I think Steriline will fall in love and be okay. I mean, there's probably going to still be like, you know, some learning to do and some growing together. But I think we're basically going to be together. When do you think Benenzo is going to get together since you're convinced they happen? I'm not saying they do. I think we got a good half a season to build that up. Sure. Well, the plus of a time jump, you don't need to build shit up. That's true. That's you can true. say that happened two years ago. Uh, yeah, maybe it'll be like, oh, they hooked up in the time jump. I do still think we have some time. I think we'll start and it'll basically be sterile together. But that's still some to play with of like what's been happening in the time jump. And so I think then we'll have more time to get into Bonenzo. And I will say this. I don't know if I should say this. I don't know that it's super relevant, but I'm bringing it up anyway. I know Candace King gets pregnant in between some of these seasons. Sure. I don't know if it's between these seasons or the next ones. And I have seen pictures of her seemingly pregnant on the show. Okay. I don't know what that fucking means. And that maybe that's a reason that, the baby is named Elizabeth. I don't think she's hooking up with Alaric. I want to make that clear. Sure. It's a surrogate somehow is a vampire. But I just, I have to bring up that I am aware of that thought. So you think she's pregnant between these seasons? You don't think she was already pregnant? You're pretty sure that that's the timeline when Candace King was pregnant is somewhere in seven and eight? I, yeah, I think somewhere in seven and eight, yeah. Okay. Get into why. I've seen a video of like a bunch of the cast being interviewed at Comic-Con where they like ask something about like, is the group of people going to grow on the vampire diaries or something and all the cast like know she's pregnant so they all like giggle but she hadn't announced it yet and Nina Dobrev is not in that video okay so interesting I'm just raising that because I've seen it so here's my question why as someone who's avoiding spoilers are you watching comic-con videos I wasn't I (laughs) haven't actually watched it well and you know it's at comic-con I don't think I said that 
You said Comic Con. Oh, did I? Yes. Um, anyway, I, so, <laughs> nice try. I'm not watching it. Well, but, but I, you you saw what happened in it. You just described it to me. <laughs> so you, you I, did watch it. I didn't watch it with sound. Okay. Um. So you know <laughs> oh. on the explore page. You know, on the explore page, the reels play even if you don't click on them. So yeah. sometimes I let myself look a little longer. And I only do that after they've come up multiple times. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm trying to avoid them, but you know, I, I have slips. It's hard. It's been off the air for a few years. Well, that's interesting that you think that. I famously saw a picture of what looked like her pregnant on the Salvatore couch and thought that was Klaus's baby for a long time. Are you sure it's not Klaus's baby? No, I'm not sure. Not ready to give that up. How would you give that up? That brings us to the end of this week's episode and the end of yet another fantastic season of The Vampire Diaries. As always, if you are enjoying The Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. <laughs>